Welcome to the Productivity Breakthrough Podcast. I'm Elise Enriquez, your breakthrough coach. I am known for meeting people where they are and delivering practical insights so they can be more productive. Most people hear the word productivity and they think it's all about getting things done. What actually moves us forward in life and business is getting things known, getting things prioritized, and illuminating the next steps so you can achieve the goals that matter most to you. Being truly productive means being just as okay with what's not getting done as you are with what is getting done. If you are ready to create productivity breakthroughs in your life and business, then you are in the right place. I am so glad you're here. Now, let's create some breakthroughs. Hey there, I am so glad you're here with me right now, showing up to create breakthroughs in the areas that matter most to you. This week, I'm bringing you an expert on wealth management. And if you're like, I'm all good with that, keep listening. You never know what you might learn. And if you're like, wealth, I don't have any wealth. Well, we've got you covered there too. Okay, now for a little more about my guest, Shiloh Lockett. Shiloh is the president of Comprehensive Wealth Management based in Linwood, Washington. She holds the reins of daily operations at CWM, providing strategic leadership, planning, and broad executive management. She develops industry partnerships and client communication programs, manages strategic operations, and training for the CWM team members, and oversees the integration of new services and technology. Shiloh takes a special interest in helping women and other populations who have not historically had a seat at the table develop their financial literacy and professional opportunities. I love that about her. This interview was interesting to me in a lot of ways. Of course, I learned a lot. But it was also fun to hear so many similarities in our work. So I want you to see what you hear in those similarities, and I'll share what I heard at the end of the interview. It's kind of like these universal truths in a way uh, that that really apply no matter what our focus is. So it is my pleasure to introduce Shiloh Lockett, bustling mother of two, rescue pet parent, and president of Comprehensive Wealth Management. Shiloh, I am so glad you are here with us today. Thank you for being on the podcast. It's so cool to have you. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me, Elise. I'm really pleased. I'm really pleased to be able to have this discussion today. Me too. Me too. It's going to be fun because I know that I know that about you and I. We've uh, we've had these kinds of discussions before, and both kind of identify as like kind of checklist, get it done kind of dorks. And so, (laughs) (laughs) yes, absolutely. (laughs) I like having my fellow dorks on the podcast. It's really fun for me. One of the other things that you talk about is, you know, you, you talk about intention, you talk about a lot of different things, but one of the things that you talk about as an organization at CWM is living richly. Um, so I want to know more about what that means and what that looks like, you know, from, from your guys' perspective. Sure. You know, I think sometimes people get a jaded perspective of financial services, of financial wealth man- financial management, wealth management, investments in general, and can forget to connect the goals of how they're trying to live their life with the financial metrics that they're comparing themselves against. And even when people interview to work with our team, when clients come on board, we say, you know, I've never met someone yet whose goal was just to get a pile of money so they could count their coins on the weekend. And I get right. these visions of Scrooge from, you know, a Christmas Carol. In That's my exactly head. what I said. Like Scrooge, I was even thinking Scrooge McDuck. I was going to DuckTales just now. Oh, I love that you did that too. I so often don't use that one because I'm like, I date myself now. But no, yes, Scrooge McDuck is perfect because no one's trying to, that I've met yet, 
get a bank vault to go swimming in on the weekends or money. Uh, um, You know, our clients are really, they have goals for their families. They have charitable giving, they have travel um, retirement, which I think so often becomes the focus of a lot of conversations in our industry, but that's, that's way down the line. There's so many major life milestones and decisions that happen before that, that make a significant difference to those outcomes. And our goal at CWM really is to help people define not only how you want to live in the future, but how you want to live today and how to balance that, how to temper that with your your financial resources in an intelligent way so that not only are you putting away money for the future and for those important milestones, but you're living the life that you want to live today. Yeah, I love that. I love that that balance that you guys strike between the long term and the near term, right? The it's one of the things I talk about a lot with folks is is that I want you to I want you to achieve all the goals you want to achieve, and I hope we're going to enjoy the journey along the way because otherwise, what's the point? Like you said, if we if you end up with the say you do want to end up in a bank vault that you can swim in because Scrooge McDuck was very good at doing that. He could do like swan dives into those gold coins, but like if you didn't enjoy the journey along the way, what what was the point? What was the, what point? Was the point? Yeah, right. and we've all met people too where um, unexpected things happen. That doesn't always look the same later as they envision. So I think it is important to to define what that living richly means now and in the future. Well, and it sounds like it's not a specific definition that you all have. It's a definition that you help your clients uncover. What does living richly actually look like to you? That's such a great point because we're not here to put our goals on anybody else. We're here to help create space for them to have those conversations. How often do you go and start the day, do all the things at work, come home, you feed the kids dinner, whatever, you take care of the pets, bedtime, you start the whole thing over again, and you don't have space for those intentional conversations about what is it that we actually want out of our lives. So I think one of the first most important things we do is create space for people to have those conversations Mm -hmm. and think about what does living richly mean to them. And then we can start uh, making some strategy and tactics to help them get there and realize it. And they do it in a much more, uh, I guess I'll use the word enlightened way. I think that's the other thing that can happen is we spend our money and we don't always know where it's going. A lot of, you know, we, we do work with Washington state university. Um, My husband lectures, guest lectures for the finance classes. And we talk about with students, you know, how much did you spend on Uber Eats um, or coffee? And you can (laughs) realize after a while or going out, you know, which is none of those are bad things, right? um, but they can become disproportionate to income at times. And because they're small purchases, you don't even realize how much they've ballooned. And that happens to all age groups in completely different ways. (laughs) <laughs> if only if only that stopped in college, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> no, it is. It is having that awareness, having the information in front of you so you can make those decisions, right? To be able to say, okay, here's how I want to use these resources right now. What do, what what resources do I have? What is it that I'm trying to do? That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's, it's, it's interesting. You're, I was just talking to a friend recently whose, whose son is in college and figuring all these things out and, and made a choice recently that, you know, it was a one day kind of choice. Uh, it would have a one day payoff that was about, you know, a week's worth of income, you know, <laughs> it's like, and it, and it was like, maybe it was worth it. I don't know, but it was like helping him see that perspective and just kind of think about it in a, in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and that really, that really gets us to intention. This is one of the ways I knew that I wanted to know you and know more about CWM is, is the fact that you talk about intention so much. 
Um, they talk about planning and investing with intention. So mm-hmm. I want to know what that actually looks like because I think a lot of the time uh, we can say these kinds of things. And for me, what I love to help people do is imagine what does that actually look like in action? So mm-hmm. I guess the way I want to ask this is if you encountered somebody or how, how would you know that somebody's planning you know, with intention? What are the things you would actually see them doing? What are the actual actions that they're taking on a regular basis to show you that? What a great question. I don't think anyone's ever asked it to me like that. Um, We all have friends and people in our circle that we can tell are on it, right? They have their lists. They know where their things are at, right? And so when we're talking about this in terms of financial planning investments, you know where your money's at, what accounts it's in. You have looked into what your work benefits are. You've asked questions. You know what your mortgage payment is. And when I see folks who are living that intentional way with their financial planning, they've got even their basic spreadsheet where they can account for everything, mm-hmm. where they've got an aggregator somewhere and they are really clear about how their money is being handled. And maybe they have questions. And, about, it, and real quick, I just want yeah. to make sure to define some terms for people. So an aggregator would be like a site where all the money is like all the different accounts are being synced up so you can see it. Is that what that yes. would be? Yes. So instead of having okay. to log in 10 different places, oh, you can... Yeah. You can put it through and you log in one place and you can see your entire portfolio, preferably your assets and your liabilities. So, you know, also, you know, what is your car payment? What is your mortgage payment? What maybe you took out a loan, um, a business loan, all of those different things. So you really get a really fantastic picture of what your financial well-being looks like. And then taking time to actually do some goal setting. And this can be short, medium, long-term goals. You can say, okay, I, I hear this one a lot. I want to retire by 58. Great. Let's put it in the financial plan. You want to retire by 58. Does it mean you have to? Absolutely not. In fact, we love to say happiness is being able to say, take this job and shove it. (laughs) That's a playful way of saying, you know, when you are working out of choice, Mm -hmm. there's a different engagement and joy that can come versus working because you don't have options and you have to keep moving forward. So I really hope our clients do get to 58 and say, you know what, I don't want to retire because I love what I'm doing. And maybe I'm going to scale back or I'm going to do something else. The fastest growing group of entrepreneurs is women over 60. That's amazing. So that's amazing. But yeah, let's put some of these milestones in and see, okay, you want to buy a house. That is a pretty big conversation in areas like Seattle, where you really have to be thoughtful yes. about planning for those major, major investments and having the deposit to put down. So when we see someone that's planning with intention, it can be as simple as putting basic thought on paper, bullet out, you know, five items, talk with your, if you're married, have sit down with your partner and talk about what are these main things that we really want to make sure that we're doing for ourselves and for our family. And then we can back into it and say, okay, what's your income? What's your, what's your debt? And what resources and assets do you have on your table? And we can start strategizing how to effectively use those. And and when you're just starting out, well, actually anytime, but especially when you're just starting out, taking time to go through a budget, just so you have clarity of understanding of where that money's going yes. and making sure that those tools, your financial accounts, your investment accounts, there's intentional money being put into those. It's not, oh, this just happened to be what was left over at the end of the day. So I right. threw it in there because guess what? It won't be. It won't be. Yes. Yes. Uh, you need to treat yourself like the mortgage payment or the car payment or the business loan. You need to treat yourself like that 
and then being really thoughtful. And that's where it's great to work with an advisory team who can help you understand, you know, what are the tax implications and benefits of these different accounts? Because then you can really effectively plan where should my money go first? Mm-hmm. And and even later, where should I pull my money from first mm-hmm. to be most effective and make your resources last? I want to highlight a couple of things I heard in that. And, and it, one of them is like the simplest thing. Right. I love that you said, even if it's just a basic spreadsheet, mm-hmm. that like having some way of keeping some sort of tabs on your income and assets or your assets and liabilities, like what are they? Where are they? Even if it's a simple spreadsheet that you're updating by hand, or like you said, maybe it's an aggregator, like it could be mint, it could be all sorts of other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but having some way, even if it's simple, to just have your finger on the pulse of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And the other one is more of like a, a shout out to my fellow entrepreneurs out there. I worked at Microsoft at the beginning of my my professional career and and other couple other places before that. But Microsoft was a big one where it was kind of like, you know, I just kind of had it set up on automation, like to like, this goes to 401k out of every paycheck, this goes to employee, employee stock purchase plan, you know, like all of these things were just automatically happening. And so the only thing that ended up in my bank account was really for me to use, obviously to pay for mortgage and stuff like that and groceries, but was ours to use at that time, right in life and that everything else was taken care of. It took me years to set that up as an entrepreneur to, to be able to say like, okay, calculating like and, and talking with my people to say, okay, what is it that I need to be setting aside out of every distribution out of every bit of income so that that is taken care of like taxes are already paid and yes. I'm not gonna have to have a bill that I worry about later. And so if, if nothing else, it's like having your people, your team of people to help you understand those things so you can automate as yeah. much as possible. So it does feel like it's just happening. And what ends up in your bank account instead is what you get to allocate for, you know, actual living <laughs> that your daily life. Yes, absolutely. And I love that you touched on automation because I think that's the best way. You you don't need to think about it. You know, get it yeah. so you don't have to think about it. And how much more fun is it to spend the dollars that are left if it's guilt-free? Because you know totally. you, hand, you handled your business. This is mm-hmm. literally your fun money or your frivolous expenditures or it's time for a new couch. And I have to say for those of you who like don't like you don't even know where to start, obviously work with a financial professional, right? You'll you'll we'll have, we'll have ways for you to talk to Shiloh. So don't worry about that. You guys can do that. And just to educate yourself, there's tons of materials out there. But my favorite one for just getting a, a kind of high level overview is Profit First. It's a great way to kind of think about as a business owner, what are the percentages I need to be thinking about in order to make sure I'm setting things aside for the right things. And that way you can automate some of those things. That's great. Well, I want to add something real quickly too. You yeah. You mentioned Microsoft and one of the common things we see in tech and particularly in startups is younger professionals coming out and not having a great grasp on what that benefits package really means, Mm -hmm. what their RSUs mean, how to leverage their 401k and 401ks with any company. We run into a lot of folks who uh, misperceive that their 401ks are professionally managed. Your money's going in, but it's in just sort of a fixed. No one is actually managing that. Right, right. It's like a set it and forget it kind of of scenario. Yeah. So with, with your benefits packages, do try and take the time to understand them. We've, we've seen horror stories where hundreds of thousands were left on the table because someone was with a startup as a young professional and 10 years later, vesting happened and they forgot to cash out and, and they lose that benefit. So um, try to be really thoughtful for everyone else with the 401ks, with the 403bs, 
there's a person there that you should be able to get a hold of to at least let you pick what your risk tolerance and allocation is. Your money's being invested the way you want it to be. And what I love about risk tolerance stuff um, is I, there's, there's like what you think you want your risk tolerance to be and what it actually is. So, um, I used to be married to somebody else and he, he, he thought his risk tolerance was high and it wasn't it, every week, every, excuse me, every month was stressful to him. And finally we sat down with our financial planner and I just brought it up. I said, I think you're more risk averse than you think you are. Like how are ways that we can take risks that are, that feel better to you than in the market? Cause for some reason there's something about the market that freaks you out when, when we're doing the high risk thing, you know, like it's so, it was so funny and it was like such a relief for him to just admit that, you know, so be honest with yourself <laughs> when you're doing those questionnaires, be honest yeah. with yourself about how risk averse you really are. <laughs> That's it's great like, advice. Yeah. Cause even if like, even if somebody's telling you, Oh, you're young enough, you can, that doesn't mean it's going to feel good. So just don't do it. There's other, there's other oh, ways to achieve your goals than just risking risk averse or not. <laughs> Yes, I'm that person, by the way, when I look at it on a percentage basis, because I, of course, I practice what I preach, I have my own financial plan. I love you talked about being nerds either earlier, I like seeing everything there and knowing what's happening. But I when I look at it on a percentage basis, I think, Oh, yeah, that's fine. I could, I could tolerate that loss in a down market. And then I see it in a dollar figure. And I'm like, Oh, no, <laughs> that's Never a mind. different story. That was too <laughs> hard to earn. Yeah, yeah. 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 Percentage is percentage is very abstract. <laughs> Sometimes, right? Yeah. I love that. That's hilarious. Yeah, and that's the thing like, so for if anybody listening just was like, Okay, this is too much. Now I'm overwhelmed. The way that you found that out, Shiloh was to try, right? Like the way you found out what worked for you and what was what didn't work for you was to just try. And so that's why I want to make sure people hear from this is that yes. This, this matters. This matters whether at whatever age you're at right now, making yes. sure to get your financial plan in place matters and just take whatever step you can right now to get started. Yes. Um, and if you already got one in place to get it updated, to get it improved, to get it reevaluated so that you can find out what works and what doesn't. It's all a grand experiment and the right professionals can, can protect you from having it be too scary of an experiment. Yes, absolutely. And be okay with the fact that it might change too. Yeah. My goals before I was a parent, for example, were completely different yes. than my goals now. And that's okay. Your your financial plan should be a living, breathing thing that evolves yeah. with you as your plans and lifestyle changes. I know. Could you imagine if you like, it's just like budget too changes. It's a living, breathing thing. Could you imagine if you didn't change your budget after having children? Like, oh, we just don't have food for kids. Right. <laughs> we don't have any money to pay for, for clothes and food for the children. They'll be fine. <laughs> like, yes. It's oh my the gosh. same kind of thing, but at a grander, <laughs> grander scale. Yes. Um, I want to, so that's kind of some of the big picture. And I feel like I'm kind of bringing this down to the, the ground level. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite books is Atomic Habits by James Clear. And one of the things you talked about um, is building healthy financial habits. And one of the things that James Clear talks about when it comes to building habits is consistency and then intensity. So start with doing something consistently mm -hmm. and then build intensity over time. So for me right now, my, my focus, we'll just say my focus. If, if you, if you guys could see this, this on video, you'd see this like effortful face that I'm making. My focus is on showing up in my gym every single day. So we have like a workout room in the house is showing up there every single weekday, even if it's just for 10 minutes, even if it's for five minutes, but like for now, it's just showing up. And over time, the intensity can build, right? So then it can be a longer period of time. It could be a more intense workout. 
but making it so that I can at least show up in this area that I want to improve. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to building healthy financial habits, like what are the ways that people can show up in small ways, like where where they can just show up consistently and then increase their intensity over time? Mm -hmm. Well, I think you touched on it already, which is taking advantage of things like your 401k, um, identifying even incremental regular amounts that you are putting away, whether it's monthly, whether it's quarterly, but on an automatic basis that you don't have to think about that is making your money work for you while you sleep. So it's kind of like picking an, picking an amount that you wouldn't even have to worry about automatically like coming out. And then as you get used to that, you could increase that amount. Yes. And a lot of times, you know, my, we're a family business. My father who's now retired, founded the firm and he started in corporate banking. And one of his rules from the time he was in his twenties was 10%, 10% of my paycheck and my mom's paycheck would go into their savings and their investment accounts. Mm -hmm. And if he got a raise, still 10%, that Mm -hmm. money automatically increased as he got better off and made Mm -hmm. more. When he got a bonus, same thing. So he always had that small incremental piece that was built in as his lifestyle expanded. And I think that maybe not that that's not the right percentage for some people, maybe it's more, maybe it's less. Um, and that could change based on where you're at in your life cycle too. The later you start, the more that number has to be. Um, mm-hmm. Starting early is one of the most powerful things you can do, but make a decision about what you're going to be putting away. I think what's interesting about that, I like that you talked about how the percentage, it might, you know, 10% was great for your family and that might not be where somebody starts, but it could be a great target. So like figuring out what's the target percentage and mm-hmm. if it's 0% for you right now, then make it 1% like for the next three months and then, and just get that going. Right. And then yeah. in the next, in the next quarter, make it two. And then maybe you're going to jump to five in the third quarter, whatever it might be. Yeah. But yeah, having, having something that you're doing regularly and it yeah. doesn't have to start out big. At, when at you that talked point. about the gym, right. You don't go after not having been working out and all of a sudden say, I am going to go do weightlifting competition next week. Oh, or well, I have. No, just kidding. <laughs> not, not a yeah. weightlifting competition, but uh, I, five, was it a 5K? A 5K. I don't know what I was thinking. What was I thinking? Like, I'm like, I'm just going to run a 5K. I'm just going to do that after never running in my life. <laughs> that was years ago. I finally, finally learned my lesson on, on that. But it's so true. So you, you have to start somewhere and you yeah. can't go straight from point A to Z. You have to build on that. And so giving yourself a little grace too while you're doing that, but move the needle forward. Yeah. That, yeah, 1% at a time mm-hmm. versus 0% is big. <laughs> it's, it's big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Over time, that's going to be a big deal. And then, of course, like we were saying, increase that intensity, increase the intensity. Increase that intensity. Yeah. Hey there. In the next part of the episode, you're going to hear us talk about the experience that Shiloh and her team had in going through the GIST productivity program as a group. So if you have a stellar team, they could use some polishing up of their productivity skills and uncovering ways to work better as a team. Be sure to reach out to me. You can email me directly about this at elise at eliseenriquez.com. You can also head on over to the show notes to grab that email address if you need it. Okay, back to the interview. Okay, I'm I'm hope you're okay with a pivot. I want to pivot now. It's so funny because as we've been talking about all this, it's just like this is why we've worked together. So you you and your team went through my gist program as a team. And yes. as I listen to everything that you just talked about, it is 
such a parallel to the things that that we worked on with your team and just or that I work on in just basically. And that is really getting everything known, having even if it's a simple system, just get everything known so you can make decisions about the resources you have. I just happen to deal more with the resources of time and energy. You deal more with the resources of, of money, but also time, actually. Time's an important factor <laughs> in, in what you're doing as well. But um, I would love if you could tell me more about what was it that made you say, huh, I think I want to explore this GIST program. And for those of you who don't know, GIST stands for Get Your Shit Together, and it's a productivity training program. And one of the things we do is we build these bonus brains to help you get things off your mind so that you can be more present and productive. Mm-hmm. But for for you and your team, what made you go, I think I'm interested in doing something like this because obviously you're all are great planners. You're great at what you're you're great at what you're doing. So what was it about do, adding this to the mix? It was a blend of self personal interest and then a parallel interest of how can I help my team be more effective and productive together. Um, you know, being a working parent with two little, little boys, I I need a cape sometimes to get from the beginning of the week to the end. And there's so many things competing for your, your energy and your brain. And, and I just found that I was getting to bed every night, just completely winded, you know, like I, Mm -hmm. I just collapsed because you're trying to keep up. There's no such thing as a break because that break is when you're calling doctors or organizing something for the school or getting kiddos to sports or now you're making dinner or whatever. And I was while while running a business, while (laughs) while running a business and trying to show up for your clients and show up for your team and move that needle forward. Mm -hmm. All awesome things, but it competes. You know, we can't, we can't give a hundred percent to one or the other. There is only a hundred percent of us. And sometimes those percentages have to fluctuate. And so I was trying to figure out personally a better way to manage that. So when I did lay down on my pillow at night, it was with more of a sense of gratitude and not exhaustion. Mm-hmm. Um, while I was on this personal exploration, I was noticing that I was probably not the only one on my team who <laughs> could benefit from this, right? You're going all these directions. We have all these balls in the air with all these projects. And somehow, you know, these things would be months in the making. And then somehow it seemed like all the deadlines would converge in the same week, no matter how well we thought <laughs> we had planned. And then that's yeah. just the expected stuff, Right. So I thought there's got to be a better way. And we have lots of technology. We have our CRM, we have calendars, all of these things, but there was a missing component. And I was lucky enough to be introduced to you, obviously through a a friend who said, you know, this might be something worth checking out. And I ended up on your GIST website and I was going, this, this is what (laughs) I've been looking for. This is what I needed. And instead of just taking the opportunity to do the training myself, we extended it to the entire group. Because we wanted to get all of it. We wanted to give everyone these tools. And we thought if we can come up with a common language around how we're managing this, managing our mm-hmm. time, then how much more effective we could be together professionally and personally. Yeah. Yeah. That language, that common language, that rhythm that you can get into where you define it together, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I And that's what I, I loved about when we first talked about doing this with the team was you look at things holistically. Obviously, everybody heard that in the first part of our discussion, right, is that as a firm, you all look at things holistically, but I I see you do that for your team as well and for yourself to say that we bring our whole selves to all these interactions and all these places. And so how can this benefit them not only at work, but, you know, outside of work as well? And so I would, I'd love to hear a little bit more about, you know, what the experience was like for you and the team. I mean, I know you could probably only for the most part speak from your perspective, but we had, we had 11 or no, nine people going through right Mm -hmm. at the same time. So Mm -hmm. nine, nine team members, a mix of other, 
um, financial advisors, other staff, support team, you know, all that kind of stuff. What was the process like? Because we had, you know, a mix of live training and discussion and homework and all that kind of stuff. What was it like for you and the team? I think it was a really great experience, really for everybody. But I know there were different mindsets going into it. You know, Mm -hmm. our team is on it. Um, People are are generally great. So I think at first there was a, why are we doing this? (laughs) I'm not broken. You know, why are you trying to fix me? Yeah. Why do you think I don't have my shit together? It's a a challenging name for a course that I've created. I'm just like, but that's like, it's, it's accepting that, right? This in some ways I don't have it together, maybe possibly. Yeah. Or maybe I have 90% of it. And somehow these others are like, like a firework, they're shooting off in the other direction and I'm trying to catch them. That's how I was feeling on certain days. So I think there was um, some people were really excited about it because they are eager to learn and they're always going, what, how can I be even better than I am now? And others felt like I was trying to fix something that was broken. And as folks started going through the program, I would say absolutely by the end of it, I think even earlier, but by the end of it, everyone saw why it was we were doing this together mm-hmm. and how it was different from other things that they might have done on on their own or at other roles before. And I would say that our team is absolutely the better for it. And even those who didn't implement um, some of the same tools, but still have some of the methodology have shared that they've gone home and they've now implemented a number of these things as a household with their spouse and their families for the better. And I think that's amazing because now how powerful is that? You talked about being holistic. You know, yeah. we, we are not two separate people. We are not work person and home person. It's the same person. So if there's things weighing it on you at one place or the other, it is going to carry over. And so if we can help folks be stronger at home, then in my mind, they're going to be stronger when they're here as well and vice versa. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I, that's one of the things I talk about all the time. I've had, I've had people say, they're like, you're kind of like a business therapist. I was like, am I though? Um, but, but it's, <laughs> but it's because I'm willing to work on whatever needs to be worked on because we are whole people. And if something is affecting us at home, it's going to affect us in our business. And if something's affecting us in our business, it's going to affect us at home. And so we mm-hmm. have to just work on whatever needs to be worked on. Yeah. Now, something interesting came up in this. And you were saying like, you know, some folks are kind of like, ah, do I, do we really need this? And at first I would say that was like, there wasn't like an obvious split at first, but then there was. So we kind of had like a male female, you know, split on people willing to, you know, even just like embrace what we were doing. So tell me a little bit more because you can appreciate, you know, I only got to see glimpses of it, right? While I was facilitating, like I prided myself in winning people over. I'm like, no, I'm going to get everybody engaged somehow. (laughs) But but you got to see more of it than I did, you know, really uh, in terms of results and impact or even what people were saying outside of the sessions. So what did that, what did that split look like? And uh, at the then, and what does it look like now? What were the insights now? Yeah. And I'll lead into that by saying, you know, we have a lot of great dads and and things on the team. Yes. A lot of great parents. uh, But one of the things that did become pretty obvious was what we all read, I think, in in mainstream media a lot, that it became very apparent that the ladies in the office were taking on a disproportionate amount Mm -hmm. in their homes. Um, Mm -hmm. in terms of managing both their work activities and all of the home stuff. And a lot of the gentlemen ended up acknowledging how much they realized with these conversations they were getting to be a part of 
they were realizing how much their wives were handling, their spouses were handling at home. Mm-hmm. And some of them said, uh, I could be a little more engaged or mm-hmm. I could be a little more organized in how I participate and, and maybe share the load a little bit. In other cases, it was, you know, I'm not able to do that because of the way that we've arranged things. Maybe we have a state right. parent or something, but I, I could say thank you more because it didn't really occur to me how much work this took mm-hmm. until we started having this group dialogue. And I thought, what a powerful thing if all we were able to do was bring awareness. And we did have, I think at least, no, I think three folks went home and worked on creating shared calendars and things with their spouse so that they could collaborate on family planning activities and Mm -hmm. starting to have more regular intentional discussions about how we, how do we manage our time and our priorities and our people and and that's amazing. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, I'm just really proud of them. <laughs> yeah, I am too. I'm proud of all of you. I'm proud of all of you. I mean, there is, when it's a, when it's a team coming through, right, you and I got to, to talk and connect and establish like, okay, this is what's going to happen. It's a whole different thing for other people to be told this is what they're going to do. Yeah. And your team you can tell though that they all have this commitment to just being better and doing better and seeing like learning something and seeing what works right and 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 being okay like yeah i i tried it it worked it didn't work whatever that might mean for them but i just really was impressed with everybody's willingness to just jump in and try something mm-hmm. because we were asking a lot of people in terms of headspace and and time to some extent so mm-hmm. uh yeah i was really impressed you guys have a great yes. team and we did, Elise, you'd be proud. We actually did it this morning. We have implemented our, our regular systems check. Yeah, uh, It's optional. You know, a number of people participated in it. And every single time they say, wow, I'm really glad now that I have this dedicated, I've created this dedicated time to just get everything known and thought about. And we do it on a Friday, as you have mm-hmm. suggested as well, so that we can, what has to be finished before the weekend and how do I set myself up for success? Yeah. It's really easy to get out of a routine of doing that and just let, you know, the, the tyranny of the immediate come at you. Yeah. So much more fun and so much better when you have, have really thought through what you can. We like to say, actually with financial planning, you were talking about the parallels. We can't control the wind, but we can help set the sail. Mm-hmm. And so the the gist uh, methodology to us is, is like setting the sail for your life. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. You can respond when the wind changes. Yeah. For And sometimes the wind is going to blow you in the direction you want to go and it's a boon and you're like, yes. And other times you're like, wait, where did that wind come from? And oh no, like (laughs) time, time to adjust, time to adjust. (laughs) So for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Systems Check is part of the GIST program and it's it's, like Shiloh was saying, it's, it's a weekly event basically. And where every Friday you're getting your system back to good. So you're getting like, like Shiloh said, everything known everything prioritized and, you know, hopefully setting yourself up for as much success as possible the following week. And I, I like, I liken it to that about to go on vacation feeling because when you're about to go and be gone for a couple of weeks, right, you get it all figured out and then you feel like, okay, I can be gone, but we don't do that every week. And then you go into your weekend feeling stressed and then you get a case of the Sunday Mondays, right? You know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and once I started getting a systems check in place and I love what I do, but I still would have a case of the Sunday, Monday sometimes. And I like rarely have that anymore because I wrapped up my week feeling complete and on top of things. And I'm like prepared for the following week. 
What we do in the GIST program is when I host a systems check, so what I do is I'll, I'll host these events um, and we play music. And I have to say the CWM team has awesome taste in music. You guys are very fun. I finally watched Newsies. So they happen to have a, uh, the, the team happens to have a Broadway bent, I would say, <laughs> a musical theater kind of bent. And so it was, it was so much fun to be your guys's DJ <laughs> during, during these systems checks. Cause for me, it's again, like a, I want to enjoy the journey. It's not about just knuckling down during a systems check and get it all known and hurry up and get your email inboxes to zero. It's about, okay, you know, can we enjoy the, the journey a little bit? That's, that's the music. <laughs> and you guys all had the requests kept flowing in. I, I felt like a true radio DJ <laughs> managing <laughs> all great the requests. Job. You did a great thank job. You, if you need you. another career at some point. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it like, give me, gives me more exposure to, to more songs, right? Oh, yeah. So what would you say were some of the biggest takeaways for you and the team in going through the GIST program as a team? Because there's, there's one thing, like, like you said, you could have gone through this on your own, right? You could have done this on your mm -hmm. own and then you would have had to try to get everybody to do it. But what even more so as a team going through this journey together, what was that like? What were the biggest takeaways for you all? That's interesting. Um, I think one of the first ones was that people don't always realize what all the unknowns and what the next steps are mm -hmm. when they are thinking about a project. So mm -hmm. let's say that we were using our CRM for a lot more before this, where they put just a project headline in there and be a few steps, but it's a big daunting project. And what we found was that going through GIST and using some of the tools that you proposed, that taking the time to dissect that even further and then be able to assign all these individual due dates mm -hmm. was really, really helpful because where people would often be stuck was what really is the next step. Yeah. And so kind of that next step planning, people thinking through that in more detail was a really, really huge thing. Finding ways, you know, one of the tools that you showed us allows for some team capabilities. So we don't, you know, we don't keep confidential information inside this tool, but we keep prompts for yeah. what needs to happen. And so being able to build team cues for these really big projects where people are collaborating together, maybe this person's in charge of this step and this person's in charge of this step and being able to really visualize and see what's done, what's next, what's holding mm -hmm. us up. It was more effective in some of the, the tool that you showed us. Um, and then people, I think we touched on it already, having a general appreciation for those both in and outside the office and all of the work that it takes. You might say, oh, we just need to do this. But this is 15 different steps in three different. Yeah. Steps. Yes. Right. Yes. As and soon as I hear just, you remember that. I was like, if I hear somebody say just, that is a red flag for me because that means automatically they're skip skipping over probably five steps at least, right? Like, I just need to, you just need to. It's like, it's almost always going to be way more detailed than people realize, even if it's something they need to do. Mm -hmm. You, it's The problem is y'all are too smart. We all are. We all are too smart about what we do that we're thinking so far ahead that it can be hard to get started. Yes. So whenever I hear just, I'm like, okay, wait, hold up. Let me just double check on this. <laughs> <laughs> So you're Absolutely. saying, yeah, having that that appreciation for everybody else and the work they're doing because they would think, yeah, just you just have to. You just have to. Well, and also there's those things you really don't want to do, right? Mm -hmm. You have all these projects and you're excited about these, but this one is just hanging out here. So being able to say, why aren't I doing it? Yeah. Why does that one keep getting pushed? And 
putting a trigger point in there or, or a little whatever you need, but getting that first step of, okay, I just need to print off the document or I, mm-hmm. I, I just use the word just, sorry, three times. It's okay. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Picking up the phone and making the phone call is the first step and knowing, okay, I've now reset this thing four or five times. Mm-hmm. No more, no more. I obviously just need to make it happen or I need to cross it off the list. Which right. one is it? Yeah. And, and I think that's a really great piece of awareness that comes to it. So some personal, um, increasing your own personal accountability with things that are your less favorite part of your job at, or at home. And people recognizing too the value of doing this at both treating your home activities with as much importance as you treat your work activities and thinking yeah. through what those next steps are. And one of the the folks I spoke to that you you allowed me to interview before we made that decision was sharing with me that uh, she and her partner have this huge remodel and mm-hmm. they created a shared team queue for their household where they outlined, here's all the things we know we want to work on. And now they can put them in order of importance. They can have better conversations around yeah. what they're going to tackle next. And they could put notes in what's the budget for this. They can put oh, we'd really love to do this. We don't know when that's a possibility. So the someday maybe, and actually this made me think of another great takeaway, which was so many of us keep our lists in all these different places. We have multiple lists. We have some inside our phones. Me, I had my computer monitors were turning into lions, you know, with the, the sticky note <laughs> main going yeah, around. Yeah, we'll post it main. All these things. And then, you've, yeah, and then you've got your CRM and then you've got journals and notepads and, and your calendar and, and your, your calendar. <laughs> yeah. yeah and one of the most powerful things I feel like I took away was get it into one place mm-hmm. and get it into to a place that's very simple and easy to manage and make adjustments yeah. and um, it was very very releasing for me because I'm an idea person and I now have a place to really sh- store my ideas that's not in all these different <laughs> all over And my fear before I would keep a lot of tangible things to help prompt and remind me, I'm going to go back and read that article. Oh, I need to go read that book. I need to go look and research this. And now I have a a place to house those. So I can release the fact that they're known. I'm not going to forget about them because I can just go to that resource. And now I can see all the things that I wanted to do. And maybe by the time I get to it, it's no longer important to me. Maybe I go, yes. It's time to move on that. That thing is right there and I can I can do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I love I love someday maybe. I love having being able to like visit the ideas that I had or like you were saying the articles that I want to read or the videos. A lot of times it's the videos I want to watch or the podcast podcast episode I want to listen to, right? But it's like, what is it? Why? And you know, that way it'll be there when I'm ready. Or like you said, maybe it's gonna age out. Maybe it's gonna be like, oh yeah, never mind. And that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. It's okay mm-hmm. to let those things go. I, I talk a lot about like for people, they'll go to conferences and have all the like, oh my gosh, that was a great idea. So what's the difference between though a great idea and a great idea for you? Like there's a difference that you got to find that out and figure that out. And it's and that's where someday maybe allows you to have all the ideas mm-hmm. and then decide over time and as things shift, like what is actually a good idea for you or a good idea for your team. All right. I have one last question for you and then I will let you go. Uh, and that is, you know, in my world, and I consider you to be in my world, <laughs> is that productivity yeah. is all about moving forward what matters most while, of course, still remaining present to the people, opportunities, and experiences that are all around you. So I'm curious, what matters most for you right now that you are working on moving forward? It can be 
professional, personal, I don't care, but I'm just curious here. What matters most for you right now? Oh my gosh. What matters most for me right now? You know, I, I mentioned I'm a parent with two young boys and with the COVID pandemic as well, I think a lot of us did some reflection around what is really important and you can get too stuck in the rat race. And the thing that really stood out for me was making sure that I create intentional space to make memories with them. Yeah. Um, All of those things that were special to me as a kid, simple things like I'm here with you so we can bake cookies or I'm at your soccer game, or, you know, we have a, a vacation property that we have been able to go to and I would say that that was, to me, one of the benefits. You talked about being able to be present. Programs like GIST and things like we do with the financial planning, Mm -hmm. when you get those things handled and make them known, you can release it so that when you're in those moments of right now, I'm with my family, it's game night. Yeah, I'm now there with them because I'm not worried that there's something over here that I've forgotten about. Yeah. And that is just an incredible, powerful gift. So thank you so much for your part. I appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome. And I, I love that that's what you're focused on. I, I I know that's true for a lot of us of just like taking stock and going, what really does matter right now? There's, there's, this has put a, uh, I think a mirror in front of everybody's faces in a different way than we've all ever had before. And it's something that we've, we're all, exper- we've all experienced globally these past couple of years of how quickly things can change and and what that means for us. So I love, I love that it's having that more intentional time with your family and making memories together. That's awesome. Yay. Thank you. Shiloh, thank you so much for being here with me on the podcast. This was so much fun. And I will have more ways. Don't worry, you guys. There's there's gonna be ways in the um in the show notes for you to get in touch with Shiloh, get in touch with CWM, and make sure that you can get your systems in place when it comes to your finances and get to let that go and be present with your people. Thanks, Shiloh. Thank you so much, Elise. Y'all, it was so fun to talk with Shiloh about all of this. And like I said, there's just some similarities in our work that I heard. And so I'm I'm like, not to make it all about me, but really, I feel like these are these kind of universal truths, these universal guideposts that can help us along the way. So the first one I heard was get clear on what you want. Another one was be intentional about how you're going to use your resources to get what you want and to get where you want to go. The third one was all about getting habits in place right now that will make all of it easier. Make it as easy for yourself as possible. The fourth one was just get started. It is never too late or too early to work towards the life you want. And number five, enjoy the journey. Now, if you want to learn more about how CWM helps people manage their wealth and their finances and grow their wealth, then head on over to CWMNW.com. You will find a host of personal financial resources there, market updates, and you can even sign up for a free 30-minute call to ask questions and discuss your own situation. Again, that's CWMNW.com. And speaking of questions, you know what time it is. It is time for the question of the week. Shiloh had a really great, great question this week for you, and I really want to share it with you. So here we are. Ready? Here we go. Think of your life 10, 20, 30 years from now. What do you want it to look like? Bonus question. What is one thing that you'll do today that will move you closer to that life you envision? So of course, be sure to hop on over to Instagram at Productivity Breakthrough or to Facebook, Elise Enriquez Coaching and Consulting, to answer the question of the week there. 
Okay, that is all for this week. I'll be back again with you next week. Until then, keep moving forward. What matters most? Thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode of the Productivity Breakthrough Podcast. Did you have a breakthrough today? Write to me and let me know. You can reach me, revisit anything we covered today, or uncover free resources over at EliseEnriquez.com. And if you know of other leaders in life and business who would appreciate a little help with their productivity breakthroughs, I'd love it if you'd share this podcast with them. And finally, remember to hit subscribe or follow so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.